In order to restore their dying safe haven, the son of Poseidon and his friends embark on a quest to the Sea of Monsters to find the mythical Golden Fleece, all the while trying to stop an ancient evil from rising. Welcome to Floor 600. I'm Quinn. And I'm Natalie. <laughs> this is a podcast where two friends, us, spoiler, uh, <laughs> read the Percy Jackson Olympian series by Rick Riordan. As of last episode, we have finished reading The Sea of Monsters. Yay! Yay. But now we have watched the 2013 film adaptation. Boo. Uh. So now, listen, while we discuss this movie and which ways we have hated it and which ways... What? What? (laughs) Which... So now, listen, while we discuss this movie, which we may have hated a little less than the first. Yeah. It's real early. Yeah. It's Saturday. We've never recorded this early. We've never recorded on a Saturday. Yeah, we have. Yeah? We Didn't we? I don't think so. Yeah, we have. I don't know. Just not at 9.30 in the morning. This is going to be a rough episode. We just had very bad technical difficulties. <laughs> and we're still drinking coffee slash tea, so this is going to be a good one. Yeah, it's going to be great. <laughs> so I watched um, this wonderful Sea of Monsters movie uh, two days ago, and I took <laughs> some nice notes during it, but I didn't really prepare heavily. Things have been crazy at my house, so no. So how did you prepare for this? I watched this movie two weeks ago, took no notes, and then went on a vacation. Fun. <laughs> so you didn't rewatch it? I thought you were going to rewatch it. I didn't have a chance. <laughs> Well, oh well. It's been a little while, but it's kind of bad considering that this movie is, like, not memorable at all. Yeah. Like, if this was, like, Gladiator or something, two weeks later I'd remember every detail and be like, you remember the part where this happened? But it's this movie. Yeah. And most of it is, There's like, a lot of non-memorable points. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So did you see this movie when it came out? I think I did. But again, I don't remember. (laughs) I know I did. I know I saw it in theaters. I do not remember who I saw it with. But I remember that both of us, like whoever I was with, we both sort of just went, oh, at the end. (laughs) Yeah. Because it's not something that you, it's, I don't think it's a movie that you can sit outright say is a bad movie. It's not. It's a mediocre Holy, adventure movie. Yeah, it's a mediocre adventure movie. It reminds me of, like, the Aragon movie. Yeah. Because that movie was not bad, but it, like, wasn't amazing. It's nothing to write home about mm-hmm. in either aspect. It's not like you're going to be writing home saying, This was the worst movie I've ever seen! Yeah. And you're, not gonna, you're definitely not going to be writing home saying, This is the best thing I've ever seen <laughs> in my whole life! Definitely not. But, okay, so this movie came out in 2013. Specifically, it was released in the U.S. on August 7th, 2013. I don't know why it was so hard to say. I don't know either, but it was, like, a summer blockbuster movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The (laughs) runtime is an hour and 46 minutes, has a 5.8 out of 10 star rating on IMDb, and 42% on Rotten Tomatoes. 
But the audience score on Rotten Tomatoes is 55%. It's a little 13% higher than their critic score. I can see that. Yeah. It's an enjoyable to watch, I guess. I guess. If you haven't read the book or... Care about good movies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, on IMDb, which is where all these facts came from, by the way, the tagline is... In Demigods We Trust. I saw that in the notes, and I was really confused, because that doesn't seem like it should be. It's so random. Yeah. Like. Why? <laughs> Why is it like this? Someone I don't know. tell us. It has nothing at all to do with the movie. No. I wonder, maybe they were leading up to, because I know that they wanted to make a Titan's Curse movie. They wanted to make a third movie oh. and sort of really tie up all the loose ends and stuff. So I wonder if they were going leading up to a, like, full-on, you know, Titan war. Like, a war between demigods. Like, demigods mm. fighting. But. Who knows? They didn't. And it's just a confused jumble. Um, the other tagline option is, where there are mo- gods, there are monsters. Which reminds me of that part in Supernatural when he's Sam's like, if there's a lock, then there has to be a key. <laughs> and I think it's the, the episode where they are in real life. Yeah, isn't that what the French... The con- French... Connection? Or French... Conniption? <laughs> French... Whatever. Yeah. French something. It's a really good episode, but it, he's like, if there's a lock... There has to be a key. Like, yeah, real creative, guys. Yeah, it is real creative. Um, <laughs> but no, if there are monsters, there have to be gods. Or wait, it's reversed. Where there are there gods, gods, there are monsters. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't get either of them. Nope. The director is different. This time it's Thor Frudenthal. I looked him up. He hasn't done much stuff. He directs a lot of episodes for, like, the CBS... Or CW, um, <laughs> CBS. Ooh, the CW, like, superhero shows. So, like, he's directed a few Supergirl episodes and Arrow shows and Flash shows and Legends mm. of Tomorrow and whatever other superhero shows there are. Huh. Yeah. But it doesn't seem like he's done a lot of movies. But the one, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I feel like he did a slightly better job than Christopher did. Yeah, and considering Chris Columbus is like, you know, Christopher Columbus, he 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 he, he, made, he, he did a lot. He's done a lot of stuff. Yeah, but it didn't. His experience didn't really lend much to this movie. No, nope. and we can discuss why later. Oh, um, we'll get there. <laughs> the writers include Mark Guggenheim. Ooh, nice. And Rick Riordan. I should have put that in quotation marks, because... I don't think he was really involved. mm So, the cast is the same. Logan Lerman as Percy Jackson, Alexandra Daddario as Annabeth Chase, and Brandon T. Jackson as Grover Underwood. Yep. Who... Go on... Here. Uh, who, who plays uh, Clarice? Clarice is... Where is she? Levin Rambin. Is she in anything? She is in The 100. Or she was. I think that show's over now. She's been in a lot of stuff, but she's like... Oh, she was in The she Hunger She was in Games. The Hunger Games. Yeah, she played Glimmer. Oh, In the okay. first movie. 
I feel like she's been in a lot, but she's still the kind of act. <laughs> she played someone named Natalie. She's still the kind of <laughs> actress who like you sort of recognize, but don't really. Yeah. Oh, considering she apparently she was not in the one hundred, and that's a different actress. Terminator: The Sarah Connor Chronicles. That's what I recognize her from. She plays Riley, who is like John Connor's girlfriend for a hot sec. Okay. <clears throat> she was in Law and Order. Special Victims Unit, Grey's Anatomy, Private Because I didn't recognize her at all, but I thought she was a relatively okay Clarice. She's not book Clarice. I don't think any of these characters are book anyone. No. Um, but, I don't know. She was given the role, probably she was, she was probably given the character as, this is Clarice. She is a bully, and she is better at everything. Or, she thinks she's better at everything. Go. And she rocked that direction. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't think that's Clarice in the books. Like, she doesn't... Yeah, there's no, um, like, subtlety no. to the char- to any of these characters. No. They are... They're, um, they're like, car- caricatures of, the, of yeah. their characters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but other than new cast is Anthony Head as Chiron. Also known... Anthony Head is also known as... Giles from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, is he? And Utha Pendragon from Merlin. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, they replaced Pierce Brosnan. And I did not miss him. I think Anthony Head is much better Chiron. Yeah, he was pretty good. And they fixed the front horse legs walking like human legs issue. Mm Mm-hmm. Didn't know it needed to be a thing, but (laughs) there you go. Uh, and Stanley Tucci is Mr. D. Like, how on earth did they get Stanley Tucci I don't for this know, movie? but he rocked it. I feel like he was just cast in, like, someone came up to him and was like, hey, would you be interested in playing a modern incarnation of the Greek god Dionysus? And he was like, Dionysus? Sure. He is already me. <laughs> <laughs> and he just rocked it. I love Stanley Tucci. And he is not Mr. D from books, but he is Stanley T- Stanley Tucci, Mr. D, and it's, yeah. it's pretty great. If you don't know Stanley Tucci, he was also in The Hunger Games. He, yeah, he played was. the guy, what's his name? He's like the oh, Vanna White hair. of the shows. He's the guy, he's like the host of the television show. Yeah. You know, the uh, televised. You know, that one, that one that we can't remember the name of. Speaking of the no, Hunger not Games, no. Um, he plays a man with cool hair. He's Caesar Flickerman. Of course, I yes. knew it had an F in it. Yep. that's why I said Finnick. Okay, and Flickerman. he is also in Julie and Julia. Yeah, he's also in The Devil Wears Prada. He's just yeah. amazing, and I love him. He's also in Easy A. I love him. Yeah, like the parents <laughs> in Easy A are like ideal parents. <laughs> like, but I love it when the kid says. What does that matter? I was adopted. And he's like, who told you? <laughs> um, That's a great movie. It is. It's really silly. He's just an amazing actor, though. I could, I could talk about Stanley Tucci for an episode. I know. I think everybody could. <laughs> yep. If you don't know him, In my notes, I have, Stan- like, I have Stanley Tucci in really big letters <laughs> equals true God. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, the box office facts... They had an estimated $90 million budget for this movie. $90 million? Did he make? Did they make it back? So in the U.S., 
alone, it may gross $68,559,554. So, no. But I had to read these numbers many times <laughs> to make sure I was like, cumulative worldwide gross income is one hundred and ninety nine million eight hundred and fifty thousand three hundred and fifteen dollars so yes so they earned back their estimated budget and then some yeah but i'm guessing it was not the amount that they expected probably not because that's not a grand profit like you're you know like it's a good profit but it's not a great profit yeah because i don't know i should have looked up like comparable um, budget, but, oh well, <clears throat> yeah, 90 million dollars. They probably used that all on making the butthole that is Charybdis. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just such a huge number. In the opening weekend in the U.S., it made 14 million dollars. I contributed to that. <laughs> <laughs> I probably I mean, I'm They're sure probably we not contributed. Weekend, yeah, I'm pretty sure I went to see it, but I just ugh, it was so bland. Yeah. So some fun facts, some trivia from IMDb. There are 18 goofs. I was reading IMDb. them, and they're like all. I don't think they're huge goofs. The ones that they're on IMDb, they're not major, but some of them are just like. Okay, someone wasn't paying attention while yeah. they were doing anything today. <laughs> that seems to be the goose. Well, like, scouting. Like, scouting. Yeah, like, it should be someone's job to go in and see, like, oh, Washington, D.C. looks like this? Okay. Yeah. Let's like, make it I'm look pretty sure like they that. actually filmed this in Canada. Yeah. And probably Georgia. Because probably. everything is filmed in Georgia, apparently. <laughs> um... Yeah, my favorite goof from IMDb is the street scenes supposedly in Washington, D.C. show wires for electric buses, like the trolley buses, but there are no buses like that in D.C. Yeah. Which I didn't see any when I was there two weeks ago. <laughs> well, so, I, I, I don't think there are any, but yeah, I think that that's an easy thing to fix. Yeah. Just go to a place that doesn't have a trolley system. Like. That's not hard to find. <laughs> What did they think? Like, nobody was going to notice it? Yeah. My favorite was that the Confederate zombie ship, uh, what was supposed to be the Birmingham, uh, was like a World War II-style boat. <laughs> like, it has radar, like, it has rotating radar antenna, an anti-aircraft flank gun, it, which is <laughs> automatic, and... World War II-style windows and command bridge, even within the fantasy presented by the film, there is no logical reason for this. No logical reason is my favorite. <laughs> Thank you, IMDb, for no logical reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, okay, so the rotating radar antenna and the gun, like, I can get over that, because maybe yeah, maybe she added like, that. Like, yeah, maybe they, like, fancied up the boat to make it more whatever. <laughs> But the windows, that's weird. Yeah, they wouldn't... No. There's major issues with that. It's yeah, supposed it's to be a Confederate Ironside ship. They're it like, could have been what? so cool. They're like, what teenager actually knows what an Ironside ship looks like? I think My they severely is, they underestimated us. They should have just made it a World War II ship. And then had World War II era soldiers, like Confederate... Or not Confederate, whatever. 
some Nazi soul, Nazi U-boat. That's what it should have been. felt like they didn't want to, like, touch on it. You know what I mean? I Yes, but if you change the boat, you gotta change your soldiers. Too. Again, I don't think that they expected teenagers to know the difference. I don't care. I think people need to stop underestimating teenagers. Yeah. Just like people underestimate pussy. Yep. <laughs> Ugh. Come on, guys. So, we have this massive list of changes. Yeah, so let's just talk about the movie itself, like, going through, like, we normally do for the chapters. Mm -hmm. So, like, the movie opens up, and it's Percy narrating the story of Talia, Luke, and Annabeth. Narration. Narration. Um, (laughs) Love it. And I actually didn't hate it, and I think that, I think The Lightning Thief did not set up anything that should have been set up for Sea of Monsters. Like, they did not set up the Talia story. They did not set up Luke and Kronos, really. They didn't yeah. set up a lot of this stuff that's major plot point. <laughs> yeah, but, like, at least they introduce Talia. And they introduce Grover's quest. And they introduce Annabeth's No, I mean, like, in the movie. I mean, in the movie, they don't introduce it. For some reason, I thought you were talking about the book. Sorry, in the book, they all, they do introduce everything, and it's very much like, oh, this makes sense when when Luke goes bad. But in the movie, they don't really... They don't mention it at all. They don't mention Kronos at all, so... Or Talia. Or Talia, How the tree came to be. They don't have the tree. Oh, yeah, they don't even have the tree. (laughs) Aye. But I loved it because I was like, hey, remember that tree we didn't have in the Lightning Thief movie? It's here and it's really important. Like, yeah. wait, what? No! It's like they were going back to make the, like, the Sea of Monsters movie and they're like, oh, we actually needed all these things we deemed unimportant and cut out from the first movie. Yeah. So, I feel like, uh, this movie could have been a lot more if they had a better setup with the Lightning Thief. Yeah. It's like they didn't have any idea how to maintain, like, continuity in the series. They are yeah. like, oh, we'll just introduce all these new things. hmm Yeah. I, I don't know. It didn't really work for me. Um, but I did, like, the intro was good, sort of like, all right, we're catching up from things we missed on Lightning Thief. Yeah. But then it goes into a, like, big, like, chase scene or whatever, rock climbing scene against, like, Percy versus Clarice. Yeah. And it's, it's... It's making up for the animosity that we missed between Percy and Clarice and the lightning thief. Yeah, because she's not there. Yeah. But by doing it here in this part, they're missing going to school and having Percy show, like, oh, see, he's missing camp. And, oh, look, (laughs) Sally is still here. And, oh, like, wait, oh, we're having creepy dreams about Grover not being safe. But no, we're starting off in camp. Grover is at camp. Annabeth has now dyed her hair, so she's... Yeah, because apparently that was the most important that thing. Was, that was the main thing that they needed to change. Um, <gasps> but yeah, and because... It, it's not even completely dyed blonde. It's no. like highlighted blonde. Yeah. Like, Annabeth went somewhere to a hair salon and got blonde highlights. Yeah. Maybe it was the Aphrodite cabin. This yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You shall be blonde now. Um, but because they don't go to school, like, it doesn't start off at school, he doesn't know Tyson beforehand. And I'm sort of, I was sort of really sad that they didn't have that yeah. relationship with Tyson before Percy knew that he was a Cyclops. 
because I th- that's like a main part of the book of him mm-hmm. getting over oh he's a cyclops and this the movie introduces Tyson sort of like look he's a ty- he's a cyclops he's your brother love him and he's like no he's a cyclops gross but in the book he when he discovers he's a cyclops he has this sort of like conflict of interest like no yeah. I liked him as a human why can't I like him as a cyclops right and you see Annabeth's issues with Cyclops mm-hmm. in general. And you see it in the movie, too, but she's but like, a in the major movie, jerk about it. And yeah. she just seems awful. And in the book, it's mm-hmm. more sympathetic. In the movie, also, um, the, comp- the character of Tyson is completely different. Yeah. Like, he is, like, confident and older and yeah, knows what he's doing and blah, blah, blah. It's like this is he's not, not even the, the same bright, person. Like, he's not super bright, but it's not Tyson. No, it's not at all. It's sad. Yeah. Okay. Um. But then they also have it so the tree is not poisoned when the movie starts off, or when Sea of Monsters starts, which is how it is in the book. Mm-hmm. And because of that, they have this big dramatic entrance with the Colchis bowls, or it's supposed to be bowls. But there's only one bowl, and yep. um, that and that's like used as a distraction for Luke to poison the tree, mm-hmm. and because they have Luke poison the tree and make it really obvious that it is Luke, Chiron's not fired, and because Chiron's not fired, there's no Tantalus, and because there's no Tantalus, there's no chariot race, and because there's no <laughs> chariot race, there's no Stymphalian birds, and because there's no Stymphalian, it's oh. <laughs> It's just a very long line of changes. <laughs> but, uh, there's one part where the Colchis bulls are, like, chasing everyone, and all of the campers are, like, running away, and they're, like, trying to grab their swords and whatever because they were just peacefully eating lunch. <laughs> uh, and they're running, and Annabeth trips over nothing. Yeah. And she falls down, and she's like, Annabeth is Percy, help awful. me! And she has to wait for Percy to come back, take her hand, and then she can get up. It doesn't make any sense. I'm like, why can't Annabeth be badass at the same time as Percy is badass? Because Hollywood. So Percy or Annabeth has to be made to look weak so that Percy can be made She's to look just strong. She's awful throughout this movie. She's made to look like a terrible person. It's like they make awful. her like hardcore hate Tyson throughout the movie and when you do understand oh it was that Eclops that hurt or that killed Talia they don't do it in a way that it's actually emotional or like in any way Mm -hmm. like in the book it's like oh it's my like it was Annabeth's fault that they had to they fell for these Cyclops and then this happened and this happened and it manipulated this and it's a really emotional story and in the the movie, it's like, we were chased by Cyclops. Oh, no. Oh, they chased us all the way to camp. Oh. Just like any other monster would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And she hardcore hates Tyson. Like, when Tyson is, like, assumed whatever, like, when he's, like, out of the picture for a second, she's just like, yeah. hooray! And Percy's like, what is wrong with you? Because it's true. What is wrong with her? They, like... Ugh, they just destroyed her character. They it's did. so stupid. If I see one more movie where a woman falls over nothing and <laughs> has to wait for the man to come back, I'm gonna lose it. Yes. Ugh. 
Awful. Awful. So yeah, because there's no Stymphalian birds, they don't have they they don't get punished by Tantalus and they don't have kitchen duty and because they don't have kitchen duty they can't sort of come up with this plan to mm-hmm. like, oh wait, this would save it. And they have Cl- or they have Annabelle and Grover come up with it on their own. Of find we yeah. need to find the golden fleece. Yeah, then, because Annabeth is looking at the tablet. Yeah. And she's like, Oh, look at this thing and I saw an IMDB it was like you can almost see that there's nothing on the tablet. And in demigod world, you're not supposed to have technology because mm-hmm. it attracts monsters. Yep. So no wonder a camp's getting attacked by monsters. <laughs> Everybody's using their technology. Yeah. Um, but so they tell Mr. D about this. They think they can save it with the, the, the golden fleece. And Mr. D is like, takes the role of Tantalus. And make t- sends Clarice on the on the fleece quest instead. But at the same time, and I don't really understand because I I don't know. I I think I spaced off for thirty seconds, and then all of a sudden, like Chiron was like saying, "Okay, Percy, go up to talk to the Oracle, and you'll go on this fleece yeah. quest. It's no problem at all." <laughs> what? Why would Chiron? allow another person to go on the same quest. I don't know, because isn't Percy, like, standing by the by the big house or whatever, and he's like, oh, what are we gonna do? I want a quest too. And Chiron's like, it's okay, Percy, just go speak to the Oracle. Yeah. I'm like, he doesn't speak to the Oracle in the book. No. He and, just leaves. Yeah. Well, he talks to Hermes, and then he leaves. Yeah. And, <laughs> and when he speaks to the Oracle, he gets... The big prophecy. We haven't even gotten that in the book yeah. yet. I don't... Ah, we get the big prophecy for Sea of Monsters, and it's... It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. and it's... Although my mom was glad that the Oracle... She liked the way the Oracle was presented. I did, too. She's like, I like that it's a normal, like... It's just a normal voice. Yeah. It's not like... Yeah. She liked it. Yeah. I, th- I think they did a good job with... There are certain things that they did a really good job with, and Oracle was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, you just said that didn't make sense that no. Oracle was in this movie. They need to... They Instead of whoever wrote this movie, it should have been <laughs> Rick, and they should have... <laughs> yep. Um, Jeez. Yeah, so we don't meet Hermes on the beach. They don't catch a ride on the Princess Andromeda. Instead, they take the Chariot of Damnation, which they should have taken to camp. Yeah. But, so, I was, like, sort of trying to figure, forgive it a little bit. So, I was like, all right, because you started at camp, you got to do this to anyway. So, and I think that the Chariot of Damnation scene is actually pretty good and accurate to the book. Mm-hmm. It's just in the completely wrong spot. <laughs> and Grover's present. Yeah, and it's <laughs> stupid how it splits and Percy's in the middle of it. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, God, I hate It's a fun scene, but it's, uh, it's annoying. I hate it when they add stupid drama like that. Like, there's no point. You're already going five miles, or 500 miles an hour on a road. It's it's already high yeah, stress. But, <laughs> <laughs> it's like in the Goblet of Fire when Percy, or, uh, when Percy, when Harry is completing the trial and he has to fly against the dragon. Oh, yeah, and, and they have then, the big dragon chase. It's yeah, like, and he's... <laughs> nobody bothers to help him get back because there's a freaking dragon. Yeah. That movie is trash. 
That movie is... I don't I, like That it. was the first movie I saw a midnight premiere of. I was a little one at, <laughs> at the midnight premiere of... Aw. And uh, I, like, forced my parents to take me. Whatever. So they get their quest. They're like, la-ta-da, la-ta-da, we're going to D.C. Um. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know. Well, they were going to Florida, and then they were like, Annabeth's like, oh my, like, whisper really loudly, we don't have enough money. Oh, yeah, and then they kick them out in D.C., that's yeah, right. Yeah, and when they're in D.C., Grover's like, coffee, for some reason, and then he gets the coffee with the nectar in it, and it's revealed that, like, I don't know, monsters, not monsters, but mythological beings are the ones behind. yeah. Coffee chain. Make, even though they're not supposed to drink nectar. Yeah. And they can only take ambrosia when they're hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I did, Imagine like, if they had to drink it and they're just poof. <laughs> <laughs> you're just all disintegrated. They're <laughs> <laughs> literally burning up. I did like the sprayable mist. I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah. I do think, but I don't think it's the same. Because, like, the mist in the book is just this uncontrollable sort of just unknowable thing and in the book or in the movie it's like you gotta reapply twice a day (laughs) and it's gonna conveniently wear off at the worst (laughs) plot point Um, and then there was a dramatic grover kidnapping because they forgot that grover was supposed to be on polyphemus's island and they have Luke's henchman, specifically, what's his name? Chris Rodriguez, who's what in the book is just like, oh, look, there's a demigod that switched sides. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have him kidnap him, kidnap Grover. But then, where does Grover go? Because they relatively soon go back, on, get onto Luke's boat, boat, and Grover's not there, and he's already on Polyphemus's island. So, did... Luke sent out a now third quest to dump Grover on Polyphemus's island for no apparent reason. Like, it, it gets worse the more you talk about it. No! Like, in the book, Grover being on that island is, like, convenient in a, like, haha, it's an extra trap. Yeah. But in well, the, they were already the heading there. Yeah, because in the book, Grover is the bait, conveniently. Yeah. It, like, works out that he's on his own quest, and then it works out that Percy and Annabeth need the fleece anyway, but so does Luke. So it works out for Luke that they're gonna get it because Grover's there, and... But no, (laughs) it doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense. Why did this do... Why? 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 Who knows? But because Grover gets kidnapped, they're all like, ah, what do we do? Oh, I know, we'll talk to a god. And then they go to, like, whatever UPS store and find Nathan Fillion being an awesome UPS guy. (laughs) Yeah, he's good. It's Hermes. Yeah. UPS guy Hermes. I don't think he's, again, he's not book Hermes, but he's Nathan Fillion Hermes, and I can live with that. Yep. Alright, so if you don't know Nathan Fillion, he's uh, from... Firefly, and he's in Castle, and I know he vo- voices a sexy horse in Big Mouth. It's a very funny show. Uh-oh. He voiced someone in Guardians of the Galaxy. He's uh-huh. done a lot of voice acting. Well, good for him. He's a good actor, I think. 
he's just he so, is a good like, actor. Huh. Oh, he was in Buffy. He played Caleb in Buffy. He was in Buffy? Apparently. Huh, I didn't know that. For some time, in 2003. He was in Saving Private Ryan. He played Minnesota Ryan. Oh, I remember that he was in <laughs> Saving Private Ryan because oh, I, when I watched that for the first time after I knew who Nathan Fillion was, I was just I was like, Nathan Fillion! And my parents were like, who the hell are you talking about? And I'm like, that's Nathan Fillion! Can you believe that I've never seen Saving Private Ryan? You haven't? Oh, it's so good. I, like, want to watch it, but it's certain, hard. like, military movies make me cringe. Yeah. I don't like, like the to first watch them. ten minutes of the movie is the, definitely the hardest part. But then it gets into, like, we're walking in the fields of France. <laughs> and then, oh, no, there's a bridge we must defend. And then, look, it's Nathan Fillion. <laughs> and, like, everyone dies. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of why I don't want to watch it. I know. <laughs> um, yeah, and then I loved the line, best TV shows, be, best TV show ever, so of course canceled. <laughs> and that's from Nathan Fillion, who famously was a part of Firefly. That is which was canceled. Which was cancer, canceled after being <laughs> It was cancer. It's hard to speak this early. It was canceled after being considered a very good show. Um... I liked I it. it I liked funny. his massive UPS store and stuff. It, it was fun. And I, I silly. think George and Martha were the same George and Martha. That was yeah. the <laughs> It's like the one thing that hasn't changed. <laughs> and I like that they kept, they kept all the same. Like, all right, here's your vitamins. Here, or not vitamins, because they don't do Cersei's Island. So here's your air. Here's your whatever. <clears throat> do you think the old lady that he's helping when they first arrive is a demigod? I hope she's just so. been she's just mailing something maybe to her grand so. grandchild at well, Camp no, Apple. No, she said it, it it's like straight to the underworld. So she was mailing something to oh, the yeah, underworld. Oh yeah, you're right. So <laughs> either maybe she's mailing something to like a a dead friend. <laughs> the ghost of a dead friend. That's so depressing. <laughs> Or maybe she's a bad guy and she has fr she's best friends with a lot of monsters in the underworld. Maybe she and Mrs. Dodds are like BFFs. And like <laughs> yeah, she's just one of the furious <laughs> plot twists. Um, yeah, so they go there, they get their stuff, they leave. Yeah, and then somehow they go. They're like, we need to hitch a ride on that boat, and they ask Poseidon or Tyson asks Poseidon for a ride. And he sends a hippocampus. And instead of three hippocampus, hippocampi, they bring one. And it's, it's just massive. It's massive. And it's rainbow. And I mm -hmm. love rainbow. <laughs> um. <laughs> Good old rainbow. So great. Yeah, they get on Clarice's ship, blah, blah, blah. It's really No, boring. no, no. But they were, <laughs> no, they were get on to Luke's ship. And then they're immediately captured. And then they have to, like, escape Luke's ship by Percy, like, sitting cross-legged and going, oom, in the bottom and making waves. And then they, like, get the backpack off the hook, and then they get the key out of oh, the backpack. Oh, yes, because they, they get put the thing, in the brig. And then they're like, ah, and then it's like, what are you doing on my roof? And he's just like, because I'm on your roof. And then they, like, fight, and then he gets on a thing, and then he gets on a thing, and then they fight. Oh, I did like that Hermes gives them the tape. So that he... Tape. Oh, yeah, they that put tape, it, yeah. It's what gets them out of the brig, because for some reason this yacht has a brig. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So he puts the, like, disappearing tape, which is just, makes no sense, but is really convenient. It reminds <laughs> me of the, in Who Framed, Ro 
in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, they have the black holes that mm. they sell at Acme. <laughs> and then the big fight scene at the end, he just grabs a big a black hole from it and puts it so he can escape the squisher. <laughs> yeah, so they, like, Percy uses the tape to get them out of the break. Mm-hmm. And then, like, yeah, what are you doing walking on, what, or what, what are you doing? Don't walk on my roof. Whoa. <laughs> what are you doing? Don't walk on my roof. <laughs> Uh, I tend to just, like, forget fight scenes because I find them very boring. Oh, I like fight scenes because I think, I don't know, it's sometimes, sometimes it's funny watching, yeah. I don't know. I always like pausing fight scenes because <laughs> then you get the funniest faces. Yeah. It's great. But even, like, when we're watching the Avengers movies, I'm like, okay, here's the prescribed 20-minute <laughs> fight scene. Yeah. Like, okay, the fight scene in Endgame is cool, but all the other ones I'm like, alright. There's quite a few fight scenes in the Avengers series, like the Marvel movies. That's Every like, single movie has one. Okay. Okay. Another one. <clears throat> alright, we're getting off track. Yeah, we are. Um, this movie's boring. Yeah. Uh, then, <laughs> so, Percy uses, like, I don't know, he surfs on some wave, and somehow Luke is able to surf on the same wave without... Just with his feet. <laughs> I don't know. That doesn't seem like it should be possible. Um, <laughs> and then Percy catches up with Annabeth somehow, and they're on the boat again, and they're chit-chatting, and Annabeth is all like, I'm the god of god, or daughter of wisdom, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and it's like, no, you, no. This Annabeth is not in any way wise. Mm-mm. And... Annabeth's no. annoying. She's annoying, and she always, like, brags about, oh, aren't I so smart? It's like, no, you used the common sense. What You used common sense. Like, she said that she's so smart for opening up, or using the thermos, or whatever. And, no, that's, like, your one tool that would <laughs> allow you to escape this. Like, you use need the to use one thing. <laughs> the one thing that you can use in this situation, and... It's super smart that you used that one thing. Yeah, good job. No. <sighs> I honestly don't remember how they got from Luke's ship to Clarice's boat. Like, what is between that? Um, they just sail. Um, Annabeth is a major jerk. Uh, then they get swallowed by Charybdis. Just- Literally. Just, yeah. They just get swallowed by Charybdis. That does not happen in the book. Nope. Nope. And <laughs> once it gets swallowed by Charybdis, that's when they find Char- Clarice. And oh, yeah, the... yeah. Because Clarice is in Charybdis's stomach, apparently, yeah. with her whole ship and because the dead Confederates. Uh, so they're like, yeah. we need to get out of this together. We're together for hell. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's annoying. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and Charybdis, that is nasty. They're like, we're on the stomach. And they keep showing, like, they're like, yeah, what are we fighting in the stomach? And it's like a, it's like they're getting digested. But mm-hmm. the thing that they're getting digested by just looks like a spider's butthole. <laughs> and it's like, huh? Like, why is it hairy? It's hairy. <laughs> it's disturbingly hairy. No. And then, like, then they're, like, doing stuff, and this butthole is going, while there's doing, no, why is the butthole moaning? (laughs) I understand stomachs make sounds sometimes, but no. 
I don't know. No, it should not do that. I know, <laughs> I know zero things about anatomy, but it should not be a hairy butthole in your stomach. <laughs> She's a monster. I don't care if you're a monster. You should not have a butthole in your stomach. <laughs> but, yep. So, they don't see Scylla. There's no Cersei's Island. No, but they mention Scylla because they're like, oh, Car- Clarice, where did your your satyr, satyr go? Because she left oh, yeah, with she the satyr. Yeah, she has her satyr, like, guide. Yeah, and he's all, like, very bro-y. <laughs> and she, she has, yeah. like, a off, like, there's, like, an offhand comment that she, he, they came across Scylla and he just went, I got this, bro, and immediately died. <laughs> I would have rather seen. <laughs> yeah, but they're about. like, oh, Clarice, you have your your uh, satyr guide. Grover, you can be their satyr guide. I forgot about that part at the beginning. It yep. doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. doesn't make any sense. But then they finally get out, they get out of the Charybdis by some strange miracle. Um, and... <laughs> Then, uh, they go, like, we need to find Polyphemus's island. Or, no, it's Cersei's island, for some reason. It's called Cersei's island, because Cersei got out of control of this island and then made it into an amusement park, and then... What does that have to do with Cersei's mythology? I don't know, and it's insulting to Cersei. Um, <laughs> uh, like, do these people know any... Like, we found that through, like, a Google search. I know. Her, it doesn't make, they don't nope. know anything. Nope. That's um, my conclusion. They, so they get to the amusement park, and it's like a dead zone, which they have, it has the golden fleece in the book. That means like, all right, it's a really prosperous place. Like right. green everywhere. It's beautiful. There's animals. And Polyphemus is like, we haven't had anyone come here for years. We, I, I had to eat all my sheep. That doesn't make sense with the power of the fleece, but yeah. I did see a IMDb goof that said that the, according to the power of the fleece, that it's supposed to heal everything, and Polyphemus has his eye all messed up, mm-hmm. and I guess that is a plot hole in both the book and the movie, then, because if he had that messed up eye, he should have been able to use that fleece to heal himself. That's true. Maybe it doesn't heal monsters. Maybe. Regardless, I just think the fact that it's a an amusement park makes no sense. It doesn't. They don't even use the fact that it's an amusement park to their advantage. No. Except I thought there's it was like gonna one be like, scene where they like ride in a cart. For a brief moment, I thought it was going to be like sort of like a reference to like Waterland mm. from Lightning Thief that they missed. Yeah. I thought they were going to do like, all right, we got to go through this, and oh no, the spider, like the tunnel of love, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, no. No, they just created some other nonsense They're thing. just like roller coasters. Yeah. It makes no. zero sense. It doesn't. And then somehow, so they're like dealing with Polyphemus. Polyphemus, and Luke shows up with his cronies, like as soon as they get the Golden Fleece from Polyphemus, and... Somehow they already got, like, Kronos's casket off the ship and onto the island. Yeah. Which, how? How? <laughs> um, plot hole? Uh, uh. <laughs> Cuff plot hole. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then they kill Tyson. They, like, 
he gets stabbed in the gut and then thrown off of a cliff. And the cliff is at least a hundred feet high. But don't worry, Daddy fixed it. What? No. Because he falls into the water. No. But, like, it, they're literally in a cavern. That's not seawater. It's not. It's probably it's an underwater spring. It had a rocky bottom. He would have been, like, crushed to smithereens. I don't care if you're a cyclops. I don't care if you're a son of a sea god. You're crushed. You're dead. Pow. Gone. No. And then, supposedly, Rainbow was swimming in that rocky, gross water. How did Rainbow get there? How? It's not a river. It it's doesn't not... connect to the ocean. Well, maybe it is. I mean, it could be. I think it's like a... But, like, a, like, but you know? like, if it were... Ugh, it's just dumb. It, it's, it To me, it looks like it should be, like, a spring. It shouldn't... It shouldn't have happened. That's it. Ugh. It shouldn't happen. No. 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 So they run, don't they, like, jump in the cart and, like, take the cart down to, like, the main part of the island? Or something like that, yeah. Something like that. I completely spaced out at this point because I was like, I don't know what's happening. This makes no sense anymore. I can't follow. Yeah. <laughs> this is when it starts to fall apart. I think I was, like, on my second glass of wine by this point because yeah. I was just like, ugh. <laughs> but, so, somehow Luke is, like, fighting, they, like, they're all fighting Luke and all of his henchmen, and then Luke gets the Golden Fleece, and then they put the Golden Fleece on the Kronos tomb thing, and then they're captured and they're chit-chatting while they're tied up. They're like, oh, this sort of sucks. And I was like, well, yeah. You and Luke's like, watch me bring back the Titan Lord. Yeah. And they're, like, tied to the legs of the roller coaster, and Kronos' casket is, like, on this dais in the middle of the roller coaster. Like, they're surrounded by roller coaster. Yeah. Did the writers think, like, teenagers love roller coasters? Yeah, I think they did. <laughs> and then, and then, like, when Kronos does come back, Luke is all like, hey, like, it's not, okay, so I have not read Last Olympian in a long time. Same. But I know that Kronos does not come back like that. And it's not like that at all. And then Luke's he like, comes back and Luke's like, hey, I'm your grandson. And Luke er, and Kronos is like, ooh, my favorite family. And he eats him. And it's like, <laughs> I loved it. I, I actually loved it because I was like, ha, it's making fun of the mythology of Kronos eating everybody. Yeah. But God, it was terrible. It was terrible. It was terrible. And so they have like this, another big fight. That makes no sense. And then Percy's all like, look, I have a magic sword. It's cursed. We don't, ex we, no one's explaining the cursed fucking blade. <laughs> and then, ha ha! And just magically, just because he gets, he gets one really good thrust, the whole thing, Kronos just yeah. goes back into Rocky thing. Dust. He uh, was, and Anubis like, go Percy, you can do it. <gasps> And while she's I'm doing useless. that, she gets stabbed in the back by just a random monster. I don't know where he came from. All the other Luke's people are fleeing, and Scorpion Butt comes over and like, <laughs> hey, according to the book, you get hurt, so I gotta hurt you <laughs> real quick. Wow. Uh, 
Yeah, and then Percy's, like, flying through the air, even though there's no water, and he's like, stab! And Cronus is like, oh no, I'm a million years old, and a little blade can take me down. And he's all like, I'm melting! And yeah, and then the end. No. And then they go back to frickin' Camp Half-Blood. After they cure Annabeth with the fleece. <sighs> what happens to Clarice? Does she die? No. She no. goes back and they're all like, Clarice, thank you for bringing us the thing. And everyone's like, yay, Clarice. And Percy's just like, but I sort of got it. But then also Chiron's in there like, yay, Percy. But also like, but remember, the prophecy says that you gotta live till you're 21, so things might bad, bad are still gonna happen. So they're trying to lead up to the next movie. It's not gonna happen. Uh, and, uh, uh, yeah. And then, then Talia wakes or actually, I should say Thalia, because it's how they say it in the movie, and I hate it. <laughs> and I understand Thalia. that's how a lot of people pronounce the name. It's a stupid way to pronounce it. Yeah, I just think Thalia sounds so ugly. It does. No offense to, to anybody named Thalia. Thalia. <laughs> if I ever meet someone named Thalia, I'm going to call them Talia. There's no doubt. That's I'm, rude. No, it's not rude. I'll be like, hey, friend, your name is nonsense. Your name is Natalia. <laughs> well, I was talking to John about it, and he's such a language nerd. And I was like, Talia. And he's like, why? Or we were watching the movie together. Oh, yeah. And they called her Thalia, and I was like, ugh. And he was like, what? And so I explained it. And he's like, well, why would it be Talia and not Thalia? Didn't we decide it was like a, we were going with the yeah, French Yeah, we're going with the French pronunciation. Because it's a better pronunciation. Yeah. He's like, it's not a Greek name? And I was like, no, I don't think so. It's just a so. name Rick came up with. I saw someone at, um, I think she was at the Pi Phi convention, and her name was Talia without the H. It is Greek. Oh. Derived from the Greek... To flourish. Thalian, to flourish, to bloom. The name is born in Greek mythology by the muse of comedy and pastoral poetry. Okay, that actually makes a lot of sense, though. It does. Hmm. Sorry we downed you, Uncle Rick. And if it, even <laughs> if it does say the pronunciation is Thalia, I'm not doing it. <laughs> it is pronounced Or thought, or not and... that, or though. So Wait, it it's is... pronounced as in thing or thought and not that or though thing though thing thought that though yeah, okay no i don't get it <laughs> it's like thing, thing thalia th as instead of thought thalia 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 i don't know that's like that's a very weird way to distinguish it i still prefer talia Yep, it's We're Talia. It. It's Talia. <laughs> Who cares about what other nonsense pronunciation? It's Talia. <laughs> we made up our minds. <laughs> made up our minds a while ago. It, we're sticking to it forever. <laughs> <laughs> What's that theory that's like you're if you if you don't like something, you're open to information that like confirms your dislike. But if you do like if you don't like something, you're opposed. Eh, whatever, never mind. Eh, <laughs> okay, it's Talia from now until forever. <laughs> but yeah, so they, they, yeah, so the end's relatively the same as the book. Yeah, except Kronos. Except for Kronos. I'm like, did they. I mean, like, end at camp. Yeah. 
Yeah, like yeah. the camp ending is relatively the same, other than the Kronos nonsense. My question about it is, like, if they already brought Kronos back, were they only intending to have one more movie? I think or... they were only intending to have one more movie, and that they did have the after credit scene or whatever, where um, I don't think I got that far. They had a scene where like they show Kronos's tomb or whatever and a rock falls out of it oh yeah so it's like oh he's gonna start reforming again yeah which whatever Mm. things you liked um i do think that they did a good job casting with stanley tucci and nathan fillion and what's her name clarice levin levin something yeah i think they did a good job uh, with casting. I think they they did a good job with casting before, uh, but I don't know. They need, they need stuff. They need to help with some Levin Rambin. Yeah, they do. Because, again, I'll say it again, and I'll make it more quippy now. The characters are more caricatures than character. It's <laughs> our quippy now. <laughs> nice. I like it. Um, I didn't miss the chariot races. I didn't either. I thought they were kind of annoying in the book, honestly. Mm-hmm. I think I missed Tantalus. Yeah, I did miss Tantalus. Yeah. But I am happy that they had more Chiron, because I think they just got a better actor for Chiron. Mm-hmm. And they fixed the random horse problem. Horse-like <laughs> problem. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think they were dealing with a lot of stuff that they were left over with from the Lightning Thief movie. And they were mm-hmm. trying to make the best out of the They're situation. Like, oh, we left out a lot of important things. Like, if, if if the Lightning Thief movie had been better and more, like, if they had actually put a lot of the important plot stuff for the overarching plot yeah. of the what they hoped to have a series, this movie would not be terrible. But the lightning thief... go back. Yeah. No. It's like they're being poisoned by the lightning thief. <laughs> <laughs> because they didn't do their job right. You didn't do your job right the first time. You can't continue on. <laughs> Just start over yep. from stra- scratch. So, that's basically what happens in the movie. Yeah. I'm trying to think of things I like. I know. Besides Nathan Fillion, his UPS guy Hermes is pretty much it. <laughs> well, Stanley and the sprayable mist. Yeah, you gotta like Stanley Tucci though. I've never seen a Stanley Tucci movie I didn't like. I know. If you guys don't like Stanley Tucci, reach out shook. to us and we will. I don't know. Cry. We will cry and force you to watch Easy A and, and argue like with it. you about it. Yeah. So yeah. if you want us to cry and argue. Let us know that if you don't like Stanley Tucci. We do it on a daily basis anyway, but. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs) What a movie, man. Yep, but let's talk about why this movie series was doomed to fail from the beginning. And we sort of talked about that with The Lightning Thief just now. But (laughs) go, Natalie, you did this research. Go. I sure did. I actually did research for once. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I was looking at, I actually found this after, um, we recorded the Lightning Thief movie episode. But I was on rickriordan.com, Uncle Rick's fabulous website. Yes. 
and he has a lot of posts on it and somehow like there is nothing on the site about the movie nothing really there's nothing but i was googling things about the movies and i found something that is on his website but it's not like i couldn't find it linked anywhere like maybe i didn't dig deep enough into the news section Mm -hmm. but like i couldn't find it and it is a letter from uncle rick he wrote it in looks like november 2018 and it's called memories from my tv slash movie experience uh let me open it up so in this open letter he talks about how he's been talking to fans about a possible, like, hypo- completely hypothetical, like, Disney remake of the movie and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And he's like, or anybody remake. Or anybody, yeah. He's like, you know, it's not up to me, but I know that you guys want something, and, like, I would like to see something, but I don't want to have to go through the same thing that I went yeah. through with the first two movies. And he, so he's talking about his experience with the movie, which... Really, he's talking about The Lightning Thief, because he says that the Sea of Monsters movie is a whole nother story, which, ugh. And he <laughs> says that he had to step away for his own peace of mind from these movies, because they were just destroying his story. Yeah. So, he's like, oh, what does he say? Oh, when talking about the hypothetical reboot, he's like, if he's happy with the production, you'll see him promoting it on social media and his website and blah, blah, And if he doesn't like it, then you won't see anything, which is why he never talks about the movies and he <laughs> pretends that they don't exist. But he talks about the musical all the time. Yeah. Because <laughs> he likes it. He says, do you see any indication that, that on, on the website that the Percy Jackson movies ever existed? No. No, you do not. <laughs> And I was like, yeah, it took me a long time to find this letter. Maybe I just didn't look close enough on the website. But um, what I thought was most interesting about his letter is that he shares parts of emails that he wrote to the production team. Oh, really? That's cool. Yeah. He X'd out the names. (laughs) (laughs) That's all he X'd out. Yeah. That's great. (laughs) To um, remain, you know, I guess. Safe. From yeah, the, maintain that person's anonymity. May keep them safe from the fans. But is he, like, talking, like, I, y- your script was awful. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, it's talking about your script, and it's, like, so yeah. obviously you're writing to the screenwriter. <laughs> yeah. But, like, he doesn't exactly, like, name them. So, here, There's no names, but he's not really hiding yeah. the identity. From January 2009, note to producers, he says, hi, and then it's all X'd out. He says, I understand that a decision has been made to age the main characters in the film to 17. As no one wants to see this film succeed more than I do, I hope you'll let me share a couple of reasons why this is a bad idea from a money-making point of view. And he, like, I think he says that this one is the one that he had not read the script yet. This first one. This first letter. Oh, wait, what? He had not seen the script yet. Oh, he hadn't seen the script, but he had heard that they were going to age him up. Yes. So he was just like, hey, you probably shouldn't do this. Correct. So in this one, and what I loved about this is that he lists all the same reasons that we talked about why it's not going to work. So he's like, first, it kills any possibility of a movie franchise because they're too old. Yeah. 
it alienates the core audience is 9 to 12. Mm-hmm. 9 to 12 year olds don't want to see a movie about a 16 year old. Well, some do, but it's not, you, you can't relate to same. it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's not the same relationship. Right. And he... Imagine so, if they had done it right. Because it would be a huge thing. Yes, if they had done it, it right, it would be huge. Considering the book movies are art, they are still pretty big in other areas. Mm-hmm. And I know that a lot of people still find the movies before they find the book. And just imagine if they had done these movies correctly, we would, instead of seeing, like, a Marvel universe, we would have the Percy Jackson universe. Yeah. I mean, it would just be another thing that was huge for everyone, but... Like, they could do... Oh, it would have been so cool. He says, I've spent the last four years touring the country talking about the movie. I've seen hundreds of thousands of kids. They are all excited about the movie, but they are also anxious. Most of these kids have no idea which studio produces which film, but everywhere I go, they say the same thing. Please don't let them do to The Lightning Thief what they did to XXX, another movie from the same producers. Don't let them change the story. And then guess what they did? They, they changed, changed the story. story. I wonder what movie they're talking about. I don't know. Me neither. The bad one? I don't know. So, then on the same page, there is another letter from Rick to the producers after he had read the script. So this is from March 2009. Notes to producers on the Lightning Thief movie script. Hi, XXXXX. <laughs> oh boy, this is a good one. <laughs> so he says, thank you for letting me look at the script. It's very important for me that the movie does well. Naturally. There are things I like about this adaptation. The beginning works well. The scene with the Minotaur is nicely crafted. Um, Annabeth's first appearance was good. Seen in Las Vegas is mostly good. He liked the entrance to the underworld being at the Hollywood sign, which I also liked. The way Gabe is petrified at the end makes sense. But then he says, having said that, here's the bad news. The script as a whole is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I don't simply mean that it deviates from the book, though certainly it does that to point of being almost unrecognizable as the same story, which is what I said. You are just feeling so validated in your I opinions. am. <laughs> The good news it is eminently fixable. When I first read the script element, I was plunged into despair at just how bad it was. If I were intentionally trying to sabotage this project, I doubt I could have done a better job than this script. <laughs> like, he was savage in yeah. this letter. And they still didn't listen to him. Of course not. Like, they aged them down, like, one year. Yeah. Literally one year. And he marks, like, how they should have made the content more age appropriate yeah like they shouldn't have sexed up grover like crazy the structures is weird persephone's pearls are a truly bad plot device they are they're awful <sighs> this he says uh percy has double motivation for the pearls because he has to find his mother and find hades who has lightning bolt he's got a goal of going to los angeles this gives him plenty of reason to go to the underworld without taking on some superficial quest for pearls that don't have any basis in Greek mythology. This is a point where the script takes a hard left turn into weird. The story ceases to be the lightning thief, and it will have fans squirming in their seats and demanding a refund. Nashville, the Hydra, Battlebugs. <laughs> Luke. 
In the original, Luke is a rival for Annabeth's affections. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, so I just looked up the producers of The Lightning Thief just to see if I could figure out what movies that they people were concerned. Like, oh no, what if they'll do it again? And it looks like Michael Ban... What's how do you say? Bar Barnathan. Michael Barnathan. He all he and Chris Columbus uh worked together on uh Harry Potter, and Hmm. he did all like they did the first few. They produced the first few Harry Potters together. Those aren't bad. I don't think they're bad, so I don't know if that would be what they're concerned about. It must Um, be something else. He. They also produced uh the Fantastic Four movies. Is like the bad ones. Night at the museum, cheaper by the dozen. Hmm. Um. But Karen Rosen, Karen Rosenfeld. Rosenfeld direct or not direct? Twilight. Directed. She <gasps> produced all the she Twilight. She did Twilight. Movies. Ooh, and she also did the Book Thief. That's a good movie, though. Oh, I haven't seen it. Oh, it's actually pretty okay. Bad. I wonder if it was Twilight. Yogi Bear. Well, Maybe they the were Devil concerned Wears about Prada? Yogi Bear. That's a good movie. <laughs> that is. Huh. That's the thing. A lot know. of these people who worked on the Lightning Thief, they are they do good things. And it was this it all comes down to the script. It does. It all comes down to the script. And Ugh. I don't know. It's oh this Mark letter Brad, whatever. He he produced he produced jingle all the way. <laughs> <laughs> this letter goes on for so long. He mentions the issues with Persephone, Kronos, the fight with Ares, which he says it's a crime to exclude it from the movie. Yeah. And Aries is the best adult role in the story. He goes on about the writing. Percy, Annabeth, Grover. Crit- and it says, below is my critique by page. This was followed by 12 pages of notes going through the script line by line. They did not accept my offer to rework the script. Oh, my God. And then it ends. It just says Rick Riordan. <laughs> he, he hates these movies. He does. It's like... How can you make a movie? How can they look? Okay, this is from November 16, 2018. How can they look at at this? This man wrote the book. Yeah. How can they look at this and be like, no, it's fine? And I could understand if it's like, oh, we've done so much. Like, we're halfway done filming. You can't start adding these critiques now. But it sounds like... It was from March. Yeah, it sounds like he's been critiquing it for... Ever. Or, like, since the beginning of the process of making it into a movie, he was like, hey, you need to not do this, you need to do this. And they were just like, oh, okay, so we're gonna do the things that you told told us not to do, okay? Like, okay, if I were the people making this movie, and I knew that it was a beloved book, and the author wanted to be involved, I'd be like, heck yeah, let's do this. Like, and then you got your script back with the notes from the author, and he hated it. Scrap what you got. I'd be. And start I'd cry. Over. I would cry for two days. Oh yeah. And then you would cry for two days, and then you would get your pull yourself together, delete all your files on Percy <laughs> Jackson, and start new. But no, they just cried for two days and came back and were like, "We're dedicated. We're now. doing it anyway." How? How? I don't understand. And this how is they only about the that first this was movie going to be a successful series. And I think that they the Sea of Monsters movie was really them trying to save it as a series. And after yeah. bombing so hard with The Lightning Thief, I don't think they could have. Even if it, the Sea of Monsters was perfect, uh, they, they couldn't do the Titan's Curve. Nope. 
I mm. I mean that that letter from Rick is only It's brutal. Yeah, it is brutal. Like he did not hold back, which is good. But they didn't listen anyway. Yeah. And that's only about the first movie. I know. Like, I want to see a letter about the second movie. He probably just didn't even get involved. Yeah. He probably honestly just does not even care. Mm-hmm. So there's even a letter, another letter on RickRardin.com to for students to show to the teachers if the teacher is going to make them watch the movie. And he says, now a plea, please, for the love of multiple intelligences, don't show these Percy Jackson movies ironic quotes intentional, in your classroom for a compare-contrast lesson or, God forbid, a reward at the end of your unit. No group of students deserves to be subjected to that sort of mind-numbing punishment. The movie's educational value is exactly zero. I wonder if, like, I, I really, really hope that they film the Lightning Thief musical. That'd be cool. And if they make it, if they film that and they make it able to wherever go like stream somewhere just mm-hmm. release on whatever i know that they have like Amazon a broad prime i don't know <laughs> they, well i know that they have like a broadway streaming service oh that's expensive but I bet. <laughs> but if even if they did that i think that would just be so worth it because it's that, actually the, good yeah it's actually <laughs> good and you can fill it and, and kids uh, love it they just got a new clarice they did and a new grover Oh, they got a new Grover? Yeah. I didn't see him. Yeah. I wonder what he's doing now. Probably ruling the world. I know. I know he went <laughs> on to a different thing. Gotcha. Um, <sighs> yeah. So we're done with this movie. Um, I don't think... Thank God. We're there done no with more the movies. movies. There are no more. If Yeah. It's exciting. Um, hooray. We're done <laughs> with watching these terrible things. <laughs> uh, talking about them for an hour. Now we just get to read more. Um, (laughs) so the next episode, we're going to be reading the, uh, the Titan's Titan's Curse. Curse. Isn't that so exciting? I love starting a new book. So we're thinking that we're going to be reading chapters one through four for next episode. If you want to read along, we might read chapter five. We haven't fully sussed it out yet, but nope, we'll figure it out. (laughs) You'll figure it out too. Um, yeah, so, uh, check out our Patreon, hopefully we're gonna put a new episode up there soon, then, uh, that's 4600 dot, or whatever, 4600 dot Patreon, look it up. Uh, <laughs> Patreon.com slash 4600. <laughs> yeah, okay, fine. Yeah. Uh, then you can always send us your Percy Jackson comments and stories and stuff if you really loved these movies write us and write us and tell us that you loved them and explain to us why and we'll hope to i don't know we probably won't be won over but <laughs> <laughs> considering we spent like multiple hours talking about them. both these movies no um yeah follow us on twitter instagram at floor underscore 600 you can find us on facebook as well and tumblr we like to hear from you guys we do keep it coming email us at floor600.podcast at gmail.com bye bye dear god i hope it recorded that because i can't do any of that again